Yes. It is Lords of the Underground Sports Talk Current Event. It's your boy Rob, aka Bobby Dubs. And I got Andrew Gonzalo over there. What's up, Andrew? Not much. It's been um it's been interesting trying to get this first first episode underway. And it's all on me. I'll figure it out. It's all good. We are here. We are here, so that's what matters. You know what I mean? That's all that matters. We on here now. So it's the beginning of the NFL season. We got opening night tonight, Cowboys and the Bucks. As of right now, that game is tied seven to seven. Looked a little shaky on both sides a little bit. I mean, the Cowboys struggled at first, but then they got a good run and they were able to tie the game back up. Bucks defense looked stout at first, and then all of a sudden the wheels kind of fell off. They gave up the touchdown, but Brady looks good. I think he's like 7 of 11 for 113 yards and a touchdown already. So he's not showing any of that 44-year-old rust. <laughs> yeah, but he will. <laughs> Eventually. I mean, Father Tom is undefeated, isn't that what I they mean, said? First game of the year, you know, Dallas was a six-point dog, and that was two days ago. They had nine points tonight. I mean, that line moved three points in two days. That's crazy. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, everybody knows I hate Dallas. Everybody knows I'm a Tom Brady hater. So it's equal <laughs> hate tonight. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you this about Tampa Bay. From top to bottom, they have more talent than anybody in the NFL. He is surrounded by pro bowlers on both sides of the ball. So it's almost like, how do you fail? Yeah, you're not lying. I mean, offensively, defensively, they were stacked. They were good beforehand when they had Jameis, but the fact that he turned the ball over so much, it kind of hurt them defensively because they never got a chance to breathe, and that's what happens when you don't get a chance to breathe and your defense kind of lags and you start playing badly. But once they got a guy who doesn't turn the ball over, who isn't going to make mistakes, that defense is fresh all the time. They're rushing the passer. That first seven is nasty for Tampa Bay. And, ta- so. and, and Jameis didn't have all that. And Jameis didn't have a receiver who was the top receiver in the NFL the last time he played to go along with two other Pro Bowl receivers. Exactly. You got, exactly. You add Antonio Brown to the mix when you already got uh, Chris Godwin. And um, he like you're gonna you got Chris three Godwin receivers, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Mike, and Mike Evans. Evans. That way, you got three receivers who could be number ones on anybody's teams. Like, how is that fair? At the tight end position, you got Gronk, but they got they rolled two more deep with guys that are like borderline pro bowlers. So. Not just that, like the school is on the outside. They're catching the ball. They got running backs who can run. Man, they got three running backs. They got Fournette, <laughs> who is a pro bowler. Jones, who hasn't lived up to expectations, but he's still, you know, I mean, he's a decent running back. And now they got, um, what's his name? Um, ah, what's, what's, what's the guy's name? The perfect third down back from Cincinnati. Um, damn it. <laughs> Gio, Gio, Giovanni Bernard. Yeah, Giovanni Bernard. God dang! I mean, now you got a perfect third down back, man. I mean, how? How do you? Like you said, how, how do you compete with? 
And the thing is, and what bothers me is Tom Brady won another Super Bowl ring last year. But mm -hmm. yet Tom Brady in the AFC Championship game barely completed 50% of his passes, had multiple turnovers. And then in the Super Bowl game, Tom Brady's win, 201 yards total passing. Come on, man. I mean, you or I could get out there and look like a decent quarterback with all the talent on that team. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, as long as you, you know, you go through your regressions, you don't make mistakes, things like that, <laughs> anybody can lead that offense. As so long as somebody's not turning the ball over. Right. So moving down the line, Sunday, 1 o'clock games, um, first one up might be the two worst teams in the NFL, Jacksonville versus Houston. Houston's a two-point oh, Any comments on that game? <laughs> it's going to be ugly. I guess <laughs> I would say Jacksonville's going to win, but it ain't going to matter. That game's going to be ugly, yo. That might I, be I think it's, win of the season. <laughs> it's, a nice, it's, a nice, it's a nice game to open up with if you're Urban Meyer and you're Trevor Lawrence and you're starting this thing new. You get a cupcake like that in Houston that doesn't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Literally has a Pro Bowl, all-pro quarterback on their roster that they will not play because of other reasons. And you getting to go out there against Tyrod Taylor, and there's no disrespect to Tyrod. I'm not actually, trying to disrespect Actually, and I forget the dude that I thought was third string, he's starting. Last I heard, Taylor ain't starting. Oh, I don't They said Tyrod Taylor was starting. They might have gone back to it, but two days ago, I saw him, I don't know, somewhere, but whoever the third-string quarterback was, they had him starting. But either way, that's an ugly game. Like I said, the worst team and the next worst team in the NFL. So moving on, um, next game, 1 o'clock game Sunday, Seattle versus Indy. Indy is a one-and-a-half-point favorite, which I think is kind of generous. Yeah, I, I, that doesn't make too much sense to me, given their issues at quarterback. I know they got Carson back. He's supposed to be healthy. He's supposed to be ready. But the Carson went – the last time we saw a dude, he was god-awful. And this is speaking from a, an Eagles fan, as you can see from the – I hate that. Right? You're the Eagles fan, so I'm letting you take – He was god-awful. God so I'm like, I can't see the optimism from the bookie standpoint to be like, Oh yeah, they they might be they really they could win this game. I think this is the game that Seattle probably runs away with. Uh maybe a high scoring. I'm not sure how that defense goes, but they do have Jamal Adams, so that could uh cause some problems. It could it could wind up being a blowout, like really quickly. Because we don't know what uh Indy is, you know, offensively. Right. And whether or not Carson Wentz is ready to go out there and play. Right about that. Next game up might be the third and fourth worst teams in the NFL, the New York Jets versus the Carolina Panthers. Jets are 4.5 uh, underdogs. Yeah, I think that's, that's about right. I think the Panthers – I think people are sleeping on the Panthers. I think they're going to be better than anybody gives them credit for it because I think they're going to play good defense, and I think they got a pretty good coach. He used to coach here at uh, Temple, so – I know that guy. He's a he's a good coach, and I think people are underrating them. I think uh, they're going to beat some of the the bad teams they get on their schedule. They may struggle against some better teams that are more talented, better at quarterback. 
But uh, don't sleep on Carolina being uh, in the middle of the pack as opposed to, you know, at the end. That's going to be a tough out, especially with Christian McCaffrey coming back, being healthy. I agree. And actually, you know, I think the Jets are arguably just as bad as the Texans. I mean, it's like you look at that roster, it's like, where are they good? They got a nice young quarterback, but what else do they have besides that? They got uh, um, a cast-off wide receiver who was their number one receiver now in, um, what's his name, Corey Davis? Mm-hmm. And I can't think of anybody else on the team by name. Honestly, I can't think of anybody by name right off the top of my head. It's bad, man. It's bad. Like, especially with the the people they've lost and have given up on that franchise now, they're just like, forget it. Oh, they got Jameson Crowder. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, one thing they did do, I, I, I got to give them this much credit. I thought they also had the worst coach in the NFL last year. Oh, they uh, I think they upgraded that position. Yeah, 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 yeah. They upgraded that position for sure. Anybody would have been an upgrade, though. So not like, <laughs> they didn't have to try too hard. I mean, he wasn't only bad as a coach, he was bad as a GM and making moves and all of it. He was terrible. I looked at him last year, and I asked myself every Sunday, why is he there and I'm sitting on my couch? I mean, that's all I could could do. Every time I I saw a Jets game, that's all I could do. Why is that guy in that position? (laughs) All right, well, anyways, next up on the calendar, at least a little better game. Yeah. I, um, and I like the guy they now. I think he's a um a really good uh he's a good motivator. I don't know if he's an X's and O guys, Sala in uh, New York, but he is a good motivator. He is somebody that's gonna get you pumped. He is gonna make you wanna run through a wall. And well, I think that's what they motivate. need in New York. He's gonna have to motivate <laughs> the hell out of that team. Next up, one o'clock game, the Chargers <laughs> traveling to DC against my Washington football team, uh, we are one-point underdogs in this game. I'm going to tell you right now, I haven't claimed the Super Bowl since the last Super Bowl we won, unlike team uh, 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 fans of another franchise. But one thing (laughs) I can honestly say is I'm excited about our defense this year, and it's going to get tested against that young Justin Herbert. Good God. Mm Mm-hmm. That that boy can swing it. He was throwing the ball over the place last year. I can I lost track of how many three hundred yard games he had. Like he just went in and led the league like on fire. And then he's got guys that can catch the ball around him. The Keenan Allen's of the world. Like we got guys that can catch the ball. He got guys that catch the ball out of the backfield. You know about the Aaron Ecklers and whatnot. Like he has weapons galore, which is the best thing to have for a young quarterback. Guys, he can quickly get the ball to. I think this game's going to get go it out of his hands. Really. It's fun to watch to see that yeah. kid get a lesson because I know Ron Rivera is going to show him a thing or two. I think this team's going to come down to both teams' defenses. Well, actually, you know what? Let me take that back. The Chargers' defense, which has a lot of question marks compared to two or three years ago, and, of course, Washington's offense. Um, I, I've been predicting this, that Fitzpatrick's going to come out and just tear it up for about four or five weeks, and then he's gonna it's fall magic. off that cliff. He's gonna <laughs> fall off that cliff, and, and then you know what he do. <laughs> you know what he is. It's magic. 
And, you know, everybody's hyped up about Heineke because, based on that playoff game last year yeah. against Tampa Bay. And I actually saw Heineke. He went to Old Dominion, which is 10 minutes from me. But mm. I'm telling you, he's not that guy. He, he's not. I mean, everybody's excited about him because in one game he looked really good. But trust me, people going to get a little, little tape on him. They're going to see him. He, there's a reason why – He's been a second-string quarterback and even a third-string quarterback in his four or five years in the league. So next up, moving on, another 1 o'clock game, Minnesota at Cincinnati. Cincinnati are three-point underdogs. I can buy that. <laughs> yeah, I, I can buy it. I mean, you know, I think – I think Minnesota's got the better team, but I think Cincinnati's got the better offense. I mean, Burrow showed out until he got hurt last year. And I mean, he stocked with receivers. And then on top of that, they, you know, their first round draft pick this year was a receiver. So mm -hmm. I think they, they're gonna have a nice, nice offense in Cincinnati. Problem is you gotta play both sides of the ball. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we have to see them be able to really stop anybody. So that's going to be their problem. And with a team like Minnesota, they can attack you from every point on the field. I mean, they got receivers and Thielen and uh, Jeff Jefferson. They got a that's running back in Dalvin Cook that will run you over. So Minnesota is going to be a tough out. I, I wish the Bengals luck yeah. <laughs> on the defensive side of the ball because that's what it's going to take. To be able yep. to cover those receivers, or to be able to, like, you got to pick your poison. Are you going to drop eight in the box to stop Dalvin Cook and then wind up being, you know, losing the back end and get burnt? Yep. You got to worry about all that stuff now when you play a team like that that can go inside out. No doubt. Uh, next up, one o'clock game. This one should be a good one. Um, Arizona at Tennessee. Arizona's a one point, one and a half point underdog. Hmm. Personally, I think they should be a bigger underdog. Mm. But they put a lot of stock into um, that, that that quarterback. That's all I can say. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean. He's, a, and, he's, he's stealing money over there. <laughs> well, I mean, he's good, but, you know. They brought in some – I mean, they brought in some help. They brought in Connor uh, at running back from the Steelers. Uh -huh. uh, they brought in A.J. Green from um, Cincinnati. But, I mean, they brought in a bunch of people that if it was five years ago, I think I'd be a little bit more excited <laughs> as opposed to now. I mean, what's A.C. <laughs> Green going to do now? He can't, he, he can't stay healthy to save his life. Yeah. So that, that, that one's up at 1 o'clock. Uh, next one up. San Fran at Detroit. Detroit's a 7.5 underdog. What do you think about San Francisco this year? I think they're going to be much improved. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to be anywhere as bad as they were last year. I thought they got some really tough breaks. Um, and then they kind of tailed spin. Uh, the defense wasn't very good at points. Um, but I think now with uh, a healthy Jimmy G and they're not – where they're not putting all their hopes and prayers on Nick Mullins. <laughs> I think they'll be they'll, they'll they'll be fine. Like Detroit is a nice uh first game for them. Detroit is terrible. 
Like, um, they got a new coach. Their coach is a damn lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> That's he be talking about. So, I uh, I think that's a good matchup for them. I think they do run away with that game. I think they're way better. And I think this is a this is a setup for them to um, kind of get some good momentum going. And, yeah, I, I agree. I um, <clears throat> San Fran's got a nasty defense. And that offense <clears throat> has a lot of really good non-star players. Um and they got it at running back. I mean, they got Mostert. They drafted um, uh, what's his face from Ohio State, uh, Trey Sermon. Um, they got a bunch of good young wide receivers. I think the biggest question with them, and they're my dark, they're one of two dark horse teams I have this year. Um, the big question is one, is Jimmy G going to stay healthy? Two, even if he does stay healthy, how long is it going to be before he passes the baton to Lance? Yeah, I was thinking that. I was like, that's the question mark. That's the question mark. Do they are they good enough to where you don't even knock it? You know, you go with what works, you ride the hot hand. Is there going to be a bump in the road where say they lose one or two games in a row? And then are the people hollering for Trey Lance? That's going to be the big thing how consistent they are and whether that leads to a quarterback change and then what happens after that is Trey Lance, the guy they can plug in and go the rest of the road. It's going to be fun to see because you never know in the NFL. You never know. You'd be thinking you you got a guy and uh, he can start right away. Next thing you know, he's sitting the whole season or two. And then you got other guys you thought you were far and away from ever seeing the field. Next thing you know, he's starting week one, you know? So you never know in this league. You got that right. <laughs> so the next one o'clock game tomorrow is Pittsburgh, six and a half point underdogs to everybody's dark horse pick. I can't, I can't say dark horse. Everybody's mm-hmm. pick outside of Kansas City, uh, Buffalo. Pittsburgh, yeah. Buffalo. I, uh, uh, it's going to be tough, but the thing is, I trust, I think I trust Buffalo's defense. More than I trust Pittsburgh's offense. I don't trust Ben Roethlisberger as far as I can throw him. Mm. <laughs> like year after year, it's clearly his skills are deteriorating. It isn't the same. I mean, yes, they have receivers that are pretty good that can play, but now it's to the point where they don't really have a guy who can consistently get them the ball and get them the ball in space and get them in the ball in places where they can be effective, where they can make large gains, where they can score touchdowns. So the fact that I don't I trust Ben Roethlisberger and I trust Josh Allen a lot more and I trust that defense to be able to contain that Pittsburgh offense where not trust that Pittsburgh defense who sometimes has a penchant to give up big plays and make uh, Mike <laughs> look stupid. <laughs> I got to go with Buffalo. I'm not surprised they're that much of a favorite. They were so good last year. They got Stephon Diggs, who led the league in receptions over 110 balls last year. Um, yeah, the Buffalo is stacked. Buffalo is ready to make a run. Yeah, I, I think they got one of the best defenses in the league. They got one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. Um, Pittsburgh, who, by the way, um, signed Watt to that long-term deal today. That that That's a big help yeah. big for them. Um, you know, they got that offense that – they got two good young receivers. 
Um, actually, three if you count Juju. Uh, I, I don't know what happened to him last year. Um, Too much TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> but they got they got Johnson and they got um, Claypool, and you yeah. know all three of those guys can ball. And then you bring in that workhorse from Alabama at running back. Man, oh, I, man. I got him on I, my team, Najee Harris. I got him on my yeah. team. Pittsburgh. I don't. I mean, that's the one team. It's just like. They could go either way. I, I don't know what they're going to do. So, we'll see. So, anyway, the last 1 o'clock game, your boys, three-and-a-half-point underdogs, Philly at Atlanta. Yeah, I think they win their game. Atlanta was 4-12 and 12 last season. Their defense is still bad. They have a tendency to just give up leads. I think this is a game where it stays close, and we have the ball at the end of the game. I think we win the game. You know, I think this is the 27-24 game where we score last. I kind of hate to say it, but I kind of agree with you. Um, Atlanta, <laughs> Thank you, sir. I mean, Atlanta just doesn't do anything for me. And if you look at the team, they gave up uh, – well, they let walk Julio Jones. And I don't blame him there. I mean, he, he's kind of getting – he's kind of aging. But he's gone – now, they did go out and sign who could turn out to be the best tight end in the NFL in Pitts, but mm -hmm. that's really all they did. I mean, they kind of – you lost the receiver, but you brought in a guy that might might turn out to be the best tight end. We don't know anything yet. Exactly. But he could be. But other than that, what else did they do to improve their team? I, I don't I, – I can't come up with anything. So No, they didn't do much, and they're still hitching their – Wagon to Matt Ryan, who knows when that is going to end, because at some point you have to realize that this ain't working. It's run its course. He's gotten you as far as he can get you, and you might need to move forward from there. So Atlanta's in a really precarious position because they got a chance to where they still got some guys, they got some talent in places where a piece here and a piece here, they may be back uh, as a relevant team. But they're in danger of becoming, like, really mediocre and irrelevant and just a pushover. Like, they're, they're close to that because Matt Ryan is at the end of his – I mean, he's at the – near the tail end of his career. There's not the beginning of his career now. He's been in the league a decade plus at this point. Like, and this is where you – I called him in a couple games last year. It's like his arm strength is almost non-existent at this point. But anyway, moving on to the 425 games, the first one up involves my dark horse. <laughs> and they are five-and-a-half-point underdogs. That's Cleveland, and I think this will be the best game of the day. Cleveland oh, Kansas at City, Kansas yeah. City. Oh, man, that's going to be a good game. I just, I just think Kansas City will be able to score more points. I think that – times they are going to be able to get stops when they need to get stops and just like so i'll edge them and i don't think um the cleveland defense is going to be as effective as it needs to be i mean miles garrett may get off but i think they're going to run a lot of quick stuff a lot of stuff that shifts the pocket gets Mahomes out of harm's way they just rebuilt the offensive line they were a team that actually saw what their weakness was when they lost that Super Bowl and then went and, dressed and addressed it immediately, which I like to see from a 
NFL franchise. Go address yeah. your issue immediately. You saw you what the problem was, and then you go fix it. They did. So I think they'll have protection. I think Mahomes will have time, and I think they're going to do what they do, which is put up points. Well, and they very well could. Here's my thinking. You mentioned Garrett. You forgot to mention who they brought in that's going to be over on that other side. You got Garrett and Watt? Mm. Are you serious? <laughs> and then, not only that, but they are deep at every position. I mean, Cleveland, and a lot of people want to sit there and think, yeah, but they're still the Browns. Five years ago, we were saying, yeah, but they're still the Chiefs. Yeah, they got guys. They're three deep at tight end. They got two two wide, starting wide receivers that have – Pro Bowl experience. They got two number one running backs in in uh, uh, Chubb and uh, Hunt, and mm-hmm. that defense is nasty. But not only that, look up. Speaking of offensive lines, who has the best offensive line in the NFL right now? I mean, I think Cleveland and Tampa Bay, top to bottom, had the most talent in the NFL. So. I get what you're saying about Kansas City, and I wouldn't at all be surprised if Kansas City wins. But if I had to go out on a limb, I I don't man, the Browns are my dark horse this year. And if I were to make a bet as 5.5 underdogs, I'm putting my money on. Moving on to the next game, and this line I just don't get at all. Uh Green Bay. One and a half point underdogs playing at New Orleans. Your thoughts? Oh uh, yeah, I don't get that. I, Green Bay should be highly favored in that game. I don't trust James Winston at all. I mean, they still have talent all over the place, uh, but they do have injuries at receiver. They're not going to have Michael Thomas to start the year. Again, they're starting with Jameis Winston, who can throw the ball around. Let's not be honest. You don't get 30 touchdowns in a season without being able to throw the ball. But I just think Green Bay is way more complete. They uh, they got Aaron Rodgers, his boy Cobb, back. He should be happy about that. And I just think Green Bay is just a better team and should be highly favored by at least a touchdown in this game. I just think they're that much better than the – New Orleans Saints, who we have so many questions about in the absence of the post, you know, Drew Brees era. This is a big question mark over that team. You don't know what that team is. Are I mean, they going to continue to be the same team they were, or are they going to take a step back? Yeah, I, I mean, Green Bay is um, the only team with better odds, Super Bowl odds in the NFC is Tampa Bay. So I don't quite get that one either. I'm sitting here staring at this page, man. And I'm like, did I say Watt with Cleveland? Yeah, Watt. Sure Watt went to Arizona. <laughs> well, yeah, that, I was gonna, okay, thank you. I don't, <laughs> I, don't I don't know what I was thinking, but anyway, <laughs> moving on. Sometimes I'll catch myself after I've made the mistake. Um, next 425 game. Here's another wonderful game. Um, Denver at the Giants. Giants are 1.5 favorites. I mean, underdogs, rather. What do you see going on here? Because I think, I think 
Go ahead. I like Teddy two gloves. I like the Broncos in this game. I think they can win this game. I think the, they still have Von Miller on defense. They still have other guys on defense on that line. Uh, I think they can still get to the quarterback, cause troubles with Daniel Jones, who is still shaky when you know pressure's in his face. Like we got a a guest. I agree with you there. Um, I think with Denver, everybody forgot about him all of a sudden, but Cortland Sutton's back. Yeah. He was out all last year. Of course, the Giants, um, they signed Gold today, so we, we'll see how that turns out. But I think the Giants, I, <clears throat> I expect them to finish last in the NFC East, but whatever they do, I think will ride on the shoulders of Daniel Jones, who I have absolutely no confidence in. <laughs> next next up, Miami. This could be a good game, too. Uh, Miami, uh, point and a half underdog at New England. Uh, that's going to be a good game. I don't know if I'm buying all the Matt Jones hype. Well, I'm inclined to pick Miami. You know, like, I just don't see it. I don't get it. I mean, everybody's picking his behind and telling me he's roses. But, hey, maybe I don't know. Maybe I haven't seen enough. Maybe I wasn't looking hard enough at those Alabama games and noticing he didn't play any damn body. Maybe it's just me. But I don't know if I'm all in on Matt Jones. So I'm like, I like what Miami is able to do. I love their, their coach, uh, Torres, used to be in New England. I think he's going to bring it on defense. And I think this is going to be a really good game. I like Miami, though, to win a close one. I agree. Miami's been building up that roster, man, for the past couple of years. They've had a boatload of draft picks. They've built that roster up. New England, I've never been a Mac Jones fan, but what scares me about it is when Bill Belichick gets the right personnel, I mean, what, what he wants at a position, we see what he did, what he's done with that. We see what he did with Brady. I go to my grave saying Brady is not the GOAT. He's the luckiest man ever because he fell into a system with a coach that he excelled with. And now he's with a team that he's got more talent around him than anybody, but yet he's only putting up average at best numbers. But Bill Belichick believes in Mac Jones, and that alone is scary to me. And and let me also say, you know, you mentioned um, – uh, the Trey Lance and Garoppolo situation, people want to know, you know, why would you let Cam go? Think about it for a minute. You, and, and, and it's it's going to be a headache either way. Let's say you start Cam Newton. Every time he makes a mistake, man, they're going to be screaming for his head and wanting Matt Jones. Let's say you go the other way. You decide what you did on Matt Jones. First mistake he makes the media, the fans, that everybody are going to be screaming for Cam Newton. I think that is the biggest reason why New England got rid of Cam Newton. I mean, I'm not saying the COVID stuff and, you know, whatever else didn't play a role, but I think that was the biggest reason. I think you're absolutely right. Like, I think you're absolutely right. I think – you need with a young guy like that who you think is the future of your franchise. Uh, you need to set eye 
We don't want any type of controversy if anything happens, if he doesn't play up to our expectations. We don't need, like you said, the fan base and everybody else clamoring for Cam Newton. This way, you know he's the guy, no matter what, that's going to be the guy behind center, and you know that's what you're working with, and then you move forward with certainty. Sometimes in the NFL and sports, you need certainty and knowing this is what I got to work with. These are the cards I'm dealt, and I'm going to go play my hand. I don't need any extra cards, uh, something else to think about. It complicates everything. It makes everything hard as hell. Make it as simple as possible. This is my guy. This is my quarterback. This is my starter. There's no need to have anybody that could even be here that could even challenge it. So I think you're right. No doubt. And we know – we don't know nothing about Bill Belichick. We do know he doesn't deal with headaches. (laughs) No, no, he doesn't. He got rid of that one. So the Sunday night game, Chicago, uh, seven-point underdogs at the Rams. I kind of like the Rams this year with um, – Me too. Yeah, I think the Rams are a team that could come out the NFC. I think they got players on each side of the ball. The defense is going to be legit. They brought in my guy, D-Jax. He's at home now in California, yep. back in Los Angeles. They still got Woodsy and the rest of those guys, uh, Cooper Cup. You know, mm-hmm. they can they seemingly are able to punch in punch guys in at running back, so they'll be fine there. And then I think an upgrade at quarterback in Matthew Stafford from Derek Carr. So I think you can put your money on the Rams, they're gonna be there at the end of the year. They're gonna they be are. playing in January. And, and, and with all that firepower you just mentioned, I mean, you know, my Washington football team generally is seen as the second best defense in the NFL this year to the Rams. When you got a guy who's as elite as Aaron Donald is on the front end and somebody who's as elite as Jalen Ramsey is on the back end, that's insane. Who has two anchors like that on their defense? That's insane. And and I, I'm going to say it now. I think Aaron Donald's going to go down as the best defensive tackle to ever play the game. Yeah. It's looking like it. There's nobody who started a season. I think now it would be either six or seven, seven straight first-team all-pro appearances. I mean, he does it all, man. I mean, you've had guys in the past at DT that did things like Warren Sapp. He was great at getting to the quarterback. But, I mean, his tackle numbers weren't all that high. Then you had guys like, you know, going even further back, Mean Joe Green. He was great at making stops yeah. at the line of scrimmage, but he didn't have sack numbers. Aaron Donald does it all. Dude is a beast. Last game up, Monday night, the snake Ravens. running back bitten Baltimore Ravens <laughs> at Las Vegas. Vegas is a uh, 6 point underdog. The poor, poor, poor Ravens. <laughs> man it's bad when you lose your number one guy but then you turn around and lose your number two guy and, and, and you haven't even played your first game yet damn <laughs> not just that then they um then they lose their damn cornerback they lose uh Marcus you have Peters. Man, Peters. they sit on the same practice Jackson going to have a lot of damn pressure on him this year because, I mean, they go as their running game goes. And now you're down to your third and fourth string running backs. And I know Le'Veon got brought in, but, I mean, what has he got left? I, he's not old, but what has he got left? He didn't show nothing last year with Kansas City. 
So we'll see how the day plays out, or the weekend plays out, rather. So moving on to the next segment of the show. Um, sports in general, not just the the, the, the weekend matchups. Um, I know I'm not a fan of ESPN talk shows. Matter of fact, I despise them. But for all <laughs> you Max Kellerman fans out there, He's got his own show coming up next week on Monday. Uh, it's going to be called This Just In. Mm-hmm. That'll be the Max Kellerman show. I think it comes on. It's either 1 or 2 o'clock and runs for an hour. Okay. Personally, I wish, personally, I wish they all go away. But uh, For everybody that's like us and there's other people that are like, oh, I like seeing this. I like watching it. I mean, they get ratings. People watch it. Not oh, for there's us. No, there's no doubt. I mean, yeah, there's no doubt. It's just like five o'clock in the afternoon. Some people rather watch the news. Some people rather watch Jerry Springer. I get it. I don't get it, but I, okay. You've seen lately he's been uh, the third person with uh, Keyshawn and Jay Will. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that. Which is okay. Keyshawn had a little thing earlier. He caught an attitude where he was saying about how. Uh, Quarterbacks are just as big divas as wide receivers are, but wide receivers are always doing their catch shit about it. They always want to complain about the, the wide receivers a diva, and the minute you don't want to do something or you have an argument, look at him, he got an attitude. He was like Tony Rumbo was one of the biggest divas he'd ever seen, but nobody ever said anything when he's the quarterback. And I was like, I kind of feel bad for King because I think he's right. I think they get a bad rap. I agree. I agree. But, you know. No matter what position you have in life, it's all about how you carry yourself. And yep. if people haven't learned that by now, then you must have been asleep the last four years. But I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> um, NBA.com has their new list out of the best current players in the NBA. I'm going to give you a guess. Who do you think one, two, and three is? One, two, and three? Mm-hmm. Probably Curry, Durant, and Giannis. And I'm not saying in that order, but I think those are the three people. Number one, KD. Yeah. Number two, the freak. Number three, LBJ. Ah, number LeBron. Three. Number three. Yeah. What do you think about that, man? I, I, mm-hmm. I, that's high. That's and I'm an LBJ guy. I thought that. I think that's very high. I would never, never thought they would still have him up that high. At this point, uh, clearly he's still getting some respect in certain channels of the NBA where it's concerned with the writers and whatnot, but they're still willing to put him in that space. But it seems kind of high to me. The guy going into his 18th season. Yeah. He's got a lot of miles on those legs. It's going to be tough. He's working with maybe the oldest roster he's ever played with. It's going to be interesting <laughs> to see. That might be the oldest roster ever. <laughs> And it's crazy because I remember coming up, and then you know, and like this is where we, we talk about all this stuff in sports nuts. Go uh, try to join sports nuts too, too. But um, we, we talk about you know different eras and stuff like that. And I remember coming up and looking at you know Mike and Carl and Charles and all of them when they were at the tail end of the careers. And say, man, they seem so old. They look so old. They feel like they're so old. And, they, you know, this is like 98, 99, 2000, around mm-hmm. there. I'm like, 
becoming a teenager. I'm in high school, and these guys seem super old to me. But now I look at it, and they're the same age as these guys that are on the Lakers now. And it's like, <laughs> no, and I'm their age. Like, I, me and LeBron are six months apart. Like, it's insane. Look, look I'm going to sit here and say I remember those days. <laughs> like, I'm like, how are these guys, like, my age now? Like, I'm getting old. I used to, like, my whole thing was I used to talk shit because I would be like, oh, y'all giving MJ all this credit. He beat this 40-year-old Carl uh, Malone and John Stockton. And I'm like, they were his age, and they were, like, 36. And they were, like, 40. They just seem old because I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, let me say this. And now I'm, I'm like looking it. at this team and wanting to tell the people they're not that old. They're actually kind of young. That's yeah. Let me say this about the Lakers and what they've done. Um, in the past, you know, you sign a big name guy that's older, or maybe you sign two that's older. What's different here is in the past, when you sign those one or two guys, you throw them out on the court with the first team and you're hoping they're going to go win the game for you. That's not the situation here. You got a bunch mm-hmm. of guys that are going to be coming off the bench that just know how to play. So instead of logging 25-plus minutes a night, these guys are coming in logging 10, maybe 15 at the most. And with that said, and you got your regular starters, you got LeBron out there, you got Westbrook out there, you got – I don't know what to call them at this point. I'll just call them the best – Injured big man in the NBA. Uh, <laughs> you, you call him unibrow, but what I'm saying, is, what I'm saying is, they got a starting five that can go out there and hold it down. And as soon as they need a breath, boom, you're bringing these guys in. Not the other way around. You don't yeah. have guys starting, and then okay, they need a breath. Let's go to the bench and bring somebody in for them. That's the difference. Yeah. So I think I think it's going to work out just fine for the Lakers this year. I still think mm-hmm. if New Jersey can stay healthy, they're going to be a beast. Yeah, and then it was the one the one concern you had early on was, all right, well, where are the shooters? And then they go get a couple of shooters. You're like, all right, damn, we can spread the floor. We can, you know, we can make jump shots. That's been guys my that shoot 40% from the field. Man, they got two or three my- guys now that shoot 40% from the field. That's been my complaint since the day they signed LeBron. I've been yelling through the woods, where are the shooters? <laughs> but they got them now. And, and you know, with shooters especially, you know, that's something that you don't lose. You don't, you don't lose your shooting touch. You lose things like speed and agility and, and things like that. Uh, when you're talking about the all-around player, but shooters are shooters, man. They they can shoot, and it doesn't matter how old they are. So those guys, like I said, man, they can come off the bench and give you ten minutes a night, and, and then just rotate the next, the next, the, the, the next ones in. Man, they're gonna be fine. They they I mean, they certainly have more depth than New Jersey. Um, New Jersey's got that starting the three, and and they are in their primes. Um, with the Lakers, you know, one of the Big three you would consider in their primes. Westbrook probably a little past it. LBJ definitely is. But again, man, you got guys that have a skill set that they're really good at. 
and they can go out and do it for 10 minutes a night. Oh, yeah. Just, sure. just don't ask them, just don't ask them to do it, like I said, for 30 plus minutes a night. And that, and that's where teams have messed up in the past. So moving on, college football, uh man, week two. I always say this is the sleeper weekend because it's like, what good games are there? Yeah. And you know, I mean there are two decent games. Um, Iowa State ranked ninth versus Iowa, ranked 10th, but just, I mean, I like the Ohio State-Oregon game. I was getting ready to get to that. Those are the only two games, really. Um, I, yeah. I mentioned Iowa and Iowa State first, so I didn't forget them because, to me, anything Iowa is just kind of forgettable. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I did, the best game this week is definitely Ohio State versus Oregon. Um, the latest rankings – you know, they're out. I'll just give you the top 10. Bama's number one. Georgia's two. Ohio State's three. Oklahoma's four. Texas A&M five. Clemson fell to six, but they got all season just to climb two spots. Um, Cincy. Cincinnati is seventh. Yeah, I see it. Notre Dame I can't get my head around that. Notre Dame is eight, and then Iowa State nine, and Iowa ten. So, my wish every year is that Notre Dame gets beat. I don't care who <laughs> beat them. I don't care how they beat them. Just beat them. <laughs> then I, I despise Notre Dame. I have no respect for Notre Dame. It just it, it it irritates me that they're in the ACC for every sport except football. Because for some odd reason, that name Notre Dame carries clout, and they got their own television contract. It just it pisses me off. Anyways, um, I hate SEC, but <laughs> I respect the SEC. I, mm-hmm. you know, Georgia, I mean, how can you not, man? I can't stand them. I'm a diehard ACC fan, but I, I respect them. I mean... <laughs> Like you said, how can you not? You know, last weekend really sucked for me. Um, Bama, what they did to the U. Oh, yeah. That was Georgia, bad. Georgia beating Clemson. I mean, oh, yeah. oh, that was just. That Georgia I, defense I, looked nasty. Man, I was sick last week. <laughs> I was sick last <laughs> weekend. I really was. But it's a long season. Miami fell to 22. I, I didn't expect them to finish in that final four anyways. We'll see how that turns out. Um, the weekend got off to a good start Thursday night. Um, of course, two ACC teams, but Virginia Tech and UNC. And, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily believe in second favorite teams in professional sports. Mm-hmm. If I had the second favorite team in college, though, it's probably Virginia Tech. They look good. They they were they actually weren't in the rankings. They moved up to 19, though. That was a pleasant surprise. What do you got over there, man? What, I think for for me, I think uh you know, I'm looking how crazy the top of the leaderboard is with all the the SEC teams, they're scary and whatnot. And if you look like you may get a playoff where you could get four teams from that conference, at least three maybe. Uh, it's going to be fun. I don't think. Any other college football, what I look for, a team, that, that mid-major, that kind of small team 
that racks up a bunch of wins and then gets to beat their chest about how they're not getting any respect and they keep getting overlooked. Like, who's going to be the one that gets left out of the tournament this year? Who's going to be the one that has a case, didn't lose a game, but because they're not some big fancy school like Notre Dame or one of those other ones, like, they don't get looked at. Like, who's going to be that this year? It could be Cincinnati, who nobody wants to give any respect to. <laughs> what if Cincinnati runs the table and they go perfect and they don't get in? I know, right? But I think they're ranked, they're ranked high enough now that if they run the table, I'd be shocked if they didn't get in. But, I mean, if this was next year, Bama's ranked first, Georgia's ranked second, and Oklahoma's ranked fourth. Oklahoma's not an SEC team yet, but they will be next year. And the fifth team is Texas A&M, who became an SEC team last year. Mm-hmm. Hey, God dang, you know, the only hope outside of them – is number three, Ohio State. And the way it's been going for the last, I don't know, 10 years, all you can do is hope for Ohio State and Clemson to break it up some. Yeah. That's pretty much but, what you're hoping for. And as I said, I knew this four-team playoff wouldn't last long before they expanded. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we got, what, another one or two more years of four teams before they expand. Is that right? Do you know? Yeah. What are they, they have, going through? It's 12, right? Um, Or eight? Eight. They're going to eight. eight? Okay. Yeah, they're going to eight first, see how that works. And I, I think that's a good number because you're still going to have people complaining. But how often have you said to yourself, honestly, you think the number nine or ten team can beat the number one or two team ranked in the country? Yeah. So I think eight's a good number myself. We'll see how it goes. Um, Any baseball fans out there? I'm just going to run through this real quick. The Yankees. The Yankees. Nah, Yankees. Games in the AL East. However, they're too up in the wild card spot. So they'll probably get in. Um, I think it's amazing what Tampa Bay's doing because they don't get any support whatsoever. I mean, they play to empty stadiums for the most part, but yet they put out the teams that they do. But, you know, out out of the American League right now, you got them, you got the White Sox, and you got the Astros. Um, The Yankees are not going to catch them. They're nine out at this point, but they are two up in the wild card spot. And, of course, there's two wild-card spots. The Mariners and the Athletics are only two games past the Yankees, so they better hold on for dear life because they could find themselves on the outside of all of this. Over in the National League, you got the Braves, the Brewers, and the Giants. They're all on top. Um, The Dodgers. You got my my Phillies, who are two and a half back in the division, three back in the second wild-card. I'm going to get to your bum-ass team. The Dodgers are comfortably in that first wild-card spot. They're only two-and-a-half behind the Giants. They actually caught them over the weekend, but they're two-and-a-half up. Um, as a Mets fan, we're four games out of the National League East. We're four games out of the wild-card. Your boys, Philadelphia, like you said, are right between us and Atlanta. 
at two and a half out. So they're in the mix along with the Reds and Padres. So it's going to come down to the final final week. Yeah. To get them last two wild card spots. Y'all y'all are in it. We're in it. Of course, in the NL East, we could also win the NL East. Yeah. Which ain't saying much, but yeah, right. <laughs> Aesthetic, yeah. So what do you got, man? What do you uh, got on your mind? On my mind? Oh man. Uh I mean, it's the the prospect uh this new season with the football and everything. In that 17th game, that's been bugging me all summer long because I'm like, how is that going to affect people? Like, not only the 17th game, you got the new COVID standards where they're actually forcing teams to forfeit. I'm like, what are we going to do when a team makes the playoffs because their opponent had to forfeit week 17? Are we going to see that? That's what I want to see it. And would you would you feel some type of way if that happened as a football fan? Yes and no. Um, I get but that's a lousy way to make nobody could play. I, I, I look. I get where you're coming from. And what I just keep hoping for is this COVID thing. We get a we get a grip on this thing because. I mean, it's changing so much. It, I mean, not just sports, but life. And, you know, I, until we get this thing under control, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's just it's crazy right now. I mean, it's crazy. We've never seen this before. We've never seen, you know, things that we're seeing in life right now. We've never seen the sports world the way it is right now. It's just, man, it's crazy. <laughs> and until we get a grip on it, it is what it is. Yeah, man. Yeah, taking one day at a time and deal with the things as they come. You know, my thing is this. <clears throat> when I was younger, and you watched or you watched movies like Outbreak. Outbreak was about a virus that got out, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I remember Outbreak with the monkey and Dustin yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 you know, back then, everybody banded together. For the common good to get things back in check now we live in a world where this whole COVID thing has been politicized it was politicized four years ago well not four years ago but back in 2019 when it first hit and it really came to light in 2020 it, it all became political yeah this is another way to separate us Exactly. And, and I mean, you know, without wasting too much breath on the orange clown, um, first it was, it's no big deal. It's just going to go away. I, you know, I could go on and on about, about the crap that he said. And then, you know, people crying about their rights and all that. You know, I don't want to wear a My mask. body, my choice. And yeah, it's like, you know. <laughs> Any other time you out there, you out there in the world, you out on social media acting all hard and all this, I got my gun, I'll shoot somebody. I'll, but, but you bitching and crying about a mask, a mask. Then we go a step deeper and we finally have the shot. I got both. I didn't want to take either one. 
I got sick when I took both of them. But sometimes you got to do there's you just you and just you and the common good of everybody. And some people, it's just them. That's all they give a damn about. Other mm -hmm. people, it's the common good of everybody. And I always try to lean that way. But all I'm saying is at this point, for all you mass crybabies, if you're not going to get the shot, be responsible. Put on a freaking mask. Wear the damn thing. And don't say to yourself, well, they don't know if I've had the shot or not. Look, man, at some point in time, morals, values, integrity, it's got to kick in in your life. It, mm. it, it, it's it's got to kick in in your life. If you're not going to get that shot because of all the Facebook experts and friends that you have that barely passed the science class in school, but they know more about COVID than all these experts know, that's fine. You know, do your thing. Think what you want to think. But like I said, if you're not going to get the shot, at least mask up because this thing's not going to go anywhere until it dies out. And it's not going to die out at the rate that we're going and and crying about everything. You know, and it, it's just it's not. And we live in a me, me, me world, unfortunately, but it, it's going to take. You know, it's it's there have been a lot of people that have died behind this thing. There have been a lot yeah. of people that have suffered behind this. And we don't even know what the long-term results are. I mean, I, I know a few people that had it back when. And they got issues today because of it. All I'm saying is I'm not going to sit here and tell you to get the vaccination, although I wish you would, but at least mask up. You know, I mean, that's the least you can do. That that, that if there's if there's a halfway point, I think that's that's it. I'm done. I I think you're right. I think at, at at least at a certain point, like you said, it's about you caring about your your fellow man and not just yourself. Like it's super selfish when you go, all right, I'm not going to get the shot, and then I'm also not going to wear this mask, which doesn't do. It doesn't hurt anything to put on a damn mask when you go into the market or something like that for the yeah. couple of minutes you're in there. It's just crazy. It's a lot of people they want a reason to be different, they want a reason to stand out, want a reason to be able to complain about something or fight about something. Like you said, it's the reason to say I'm different than you and separate themselves from everybody else. That's all it is. And then with the mask, it's like there's a thousand studies over here. That show and prove it works. Is it 100% foolproof? No, it's not. But what is? I mean, if you throw on a condom and you go have sex with somebody, guess what? <laughs> More than likely, they're not going to get pregnant. Is it 100% proof? No, no, it's not. But you still going to throw that condom on. Exactly. So why not? You know, like I said, there's thousands of studies over here that show that it is effective, but then there's always that one damn person or article or whatever that says, oh, no, it, it, it they don't work, blah, blah, blah. And it's funny. I, I don't remember. I never could put this two and two together, but I remember a lot of anti-maskers talking about some, well, you notice how you don't hear much about the flu this year? And the first thing I thought was, 
Well, yeah, because everybody's got a damn mask on. Exactly. Well, I mean, what is your thinking? What, no, why, that's exactly why nobody's getting the flu this year. Why are the flu numbers down this year in your mind? Hey, everybody's wearing a damn mask. Nobody's touching each other. Everybody's staying far apart and wearing a mask. Nobody's getting sick. Bro. <laughs> common sense ain't common. That's what my mama used to say. It damn sure ain't. <laughs> so to go back to what you were originally asking about sports <laughs> being affected by COVID, I don't know, man. I don't know because, like you said, common sense ain't common no more. So you got these guys who know they could cost their team a game, maybe a playoff spot, a division, whatever, and they're just like, I don't care. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to go like. I, we both said Buffalo is a really good team. What happens? Cole Beasley causes an outbreak because he's an asshole. Yeah. And then they lose a game that would have made them have that one seed because you only get one now. You only get one team gets that uh, that buy, and they lose that game that costs them a buy because they get an outbreak or something yeah. like that. It's just ridiculous, man. It's not and, worth it. And I definitely don't have any compassion for any of the crybabies because – I own a commercial and residential cleaning company and April of 2020, I shut down. I mean, I didn't shut it down, but I suspended everything because I had two fears. One was somebody working for me, going into somebody's home or somebody's business and contacting this COVID-19. My other and even bigger concern was somebody that works for me goes into somebody's home and it could be somebody with a pre-existing condition. It could be an elderly couple or an elderly person. And then, you know, you're going to their funeral a month later. Yeah. I, just, I couldn't do it, man. And I suspended my business. I didn't get it started back up until I myself got vaccinated and I, I almost had to start all over. So I didn't have the employees that I had. I got to build back up to it. But the ones that I'm bringing in, I, I you're not getting a job with me unless you're vaccinated. Mm. But I sat there from April 19 to April 20 and I was living off savings, man. Savings. Yeah. And, and I'm down to nothing. I'm down to nothing. And thank God, you know, I, I did get back to work. I've taken all my precautions. I've done everything. But again, the greater good. With that said, Monday night, 9 o'clock, we'll be back. We'll see you then. Peace.